What is up folks and welcome back to the Vegas Confessions Podcast. This is episode 90, I'm your host Jay. So I'm just returning from my Vegas trip and I had the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with General Manager of Mohegan Sun's Las Vegas Casino at Virgin, Joe Hassan, who let us know when and why and where and how he got his foot in the door and jumped in the industry. Throughout listening to this interview, you're going to learn that this gentleman is the perfect guy in the right spot for his profession. This guy is just a people person and just an overall professional. But the one thing I got throughout this interview was plenty of laughs. This gentleman was a blast to talk to. He had me laughing throughout the whole interview. He let us know what it's like opening a casino on opening day in Las Vegas. He also lets us know what it's like to have different operators in different aspects of the property and how that works. Plus some of the perks of the property and how his membership and royalty program competes with some of the biggest conglomerates out there and if not maybe better. And you know I had to ask him how he likes to Vegas, so we got to learn some of his favorite places to visit on his off time, some of his hobbies, and some of his recommendations for a Vegas first-timer. And with living in a vacation destination, what is his go-to place for his vacation time? Folks, I know you're going to enjoy this interview as I did. This has to be up there with some of the top interviews on this show. Guys, enjoy this interview, prepare to laugh, and learn a little more about Joe in this interview. I say it all the time, it's a pleasure. I'm just a regular person who enjoys Vegas, so when I'm invited out to talk to, you know, casino personnel, it's super exciting, but when they turn out to be a down-to-earth, everyday individual, it's the cherry on top of being able to do this whole thing. Again, guys, enjoy this interview. I know I did. Hey there, everyone, this is Nat Bridget, and you are listening to the Vegas Confessions Podcast. Didn't we go to my favorite dive bar before that? We went yeah. to Double Down. Double Down Saloon. Yeah, we had some ash juice. I am all about asking. Yeah, <laughs> I need to go check that room. There's like a dead guy in the in the bed. And the, the lady at the counter says, well, we'll call housekeeping. Like housekeeping? Jay's never met an asshole he didn't like. <laughs> Shout out to the guy at third base at the blackjack table I was at last, who was obviously trying to keep a high-low count, but was mouthing the numbers as the cards were being turned over. Be careful what you say, because we can have you whacked. Hey, I'm Nicky Fermich, and you're listening to the Vegas Confessions Podcast. Alrighty, folks. Well, welcome back to another special interview. I told you guys this week I had a special interview lined up with general manager Joe, is it Hassan? Hassan, yes. Hassan, okay. And you're very intriguing because your background and where you've been, all the different places you've worked, I've been tracking and I'm like, wow, you've been all over for the most part, correct? Well, I've had a good run for a good career. I started on the East Coast in Atlantic City with the gaming industry uh, when it was in its infancy there. Yeah. I've found my way to the Midwest. I've been in Nevada for a long time. I've worked in California. I've, I've touched an awful lot of the gaming River industry. Riverboats, a little of everything. Riverboats, New Orleans, <laughs> uh, plenty of places. It's so funny. I talk to a bunch of different hosts that when I interview them and I'm like, hey guys, tell me where you got started. When they say riverboats and they come from the south and they come to Vegas and it's a different scene, they're like, it's a different scene for sure. <laughs> I just get a big kick out of it. Well, certainly every market is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all have their charm. They yeah. all have their nuances. Yeah. 
But at the end of the day, it's hospitality and it's gaming no matter where you are. And that's one thing I want to touch on. Guys, like I said, I'm here talking to the general manager of Mohegan Suns Las Vegas, the casino here, Virgin. We were sitting here chatting and I want to thank you, one, for taking time to do this because it's a Friday. You could be headed home doing something else. So this is really cool and awesome to have the pleasure to chat with you. Thank you. Thanks so much. So like you started, you touched on where and when did you get started for the most part in the industry? And what made you get into this side of it? You, I saw in an interview before that you said you were in accounting, correct? Long time ago. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a CPA from 100 years ago. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't practiced uh, that profession for a long time. Yeah. What I did is I stepped into the casino industry as an accountant, yeah. and that was back in the 1980s, the early 1980s. Okay. From there, I remember a conversation with a general manager back in those days where I said, love running your scoreboard, happy to maintain the scoreboard. Yeah. I'd love to either pitch or play shortstop if you have an opportunity for me. But in the meantime, I'm happy to run the scoreboard as a good accountant. Yeah. Uh, he took me up on that pitch <laughs> that I made to him. And he said, uh, after a period of time, he needed more help on the operating side of the business. Mm-hmm. And he asked me if I could run the hotel. And I told him that there's plenty of things that I don't know about running a good hotel. Yeah. I said, 100 days from now, it'll be in really good shape. And uh, I said, if you give me 100 days to get it squared away, I'm certain that I can do a good job of it. So I stepped into the operating side of the business at that point. Okay. Long before that, I make it sound as if I had never touched anything that was operational in nature. (laughs) I had cashiers, I had what I describe as uh, white collar people, blue collar people, no collar people. Mm -hmm. I had guests, uh, cage cashiering, hotel cashiering, food and beverage cashiering. There was any number of guest points of contact. So that was my first introduction to hospitality and how to take good care of a guest. And ultimately it led to the hotel side and then of course it led to the casino side. Now you're very big on hospitality. I've seen this through the different interviews. You're about the guest, you're a people person. And that's one thing I've watched and I've learned just from watching. So, and one thing, like I said, I found interesting is because you've been all over, has there been certain people that you idolize coming in the industry that you, you know, saw doing it a certain way and some of the things you picked up from certain people? Well, certainly like any professional person in any industry, you will always have mentors. Mm -hmm. You will always have the people that show you the way. You'll always be thankful for those who did so. But I remind people that work with me even today that sometimes having a bad boss, you learn plenty from that as well because you learn exactly what not to do. Um, And I've had both. I've had great mentors, great leaders. I've had great opportunities. Mm -hmm. Like anyone else in the workaday world, at times I've worked for people where I said, yeah, I could do a better job than what this group is doing, but I want to lend my support. I want to lend my expertise. I want to lend my commitment to making this better. You find your way Mm -hmm. either way. And recognizing that it is a people business, you have to be able to deal with people, including people in your organization. You have guests that are front of house guests. They come in and they spend their most valuable asset, which isn't their money, by the way. It's actually their leisure time. time. People will spend their time with you if you take good care of their time. And I don't know any hotel guest, I don't know any casino guest 
that has enough leisure time. Yeah. Therefore, it's a precious commodity. No one has enough of it. Yes. If you take good care of it, they will reward you with more of their leisure time because they realize it's in good hands. But even if you don't have front of house guests, mm -hmm. you have back of house guests. Yep. You have coworkers and colleagues and other departments, people that need your work, your insight, right. your feedback, mm -hmm. your product, whatever that is, whatever you do in the assembly line called hospitality work, yeah. someone else on your team needs that. And if you provide it in a manner that makes them feel good about what they're either doing with it or for it or next, yeah. uh, they'll be happy to work with you and they will take that as a learning opportunity. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think I've ever forgotten that yeah. uh, in terms of how does the workaday world work? Mm -hmm. I mentioned that I'm a CPA from a long time ago, and again, I don't practice now, and I haven't practiced in a number of years. Yeah. The middle word, certified public accountant, if you can't deal with the public, you, pretty much you yeah, can't exactly. file a tax return and you can't figure out how to close a set of books because you have to be able to deal with the public to do it. Yeah, 100%. Um, so that's a good starting point yeah. for what ultimately led me to the hospitality and the casino industry. Awesome, awesome. Now, is there any major difference working with the tribal gaming versus Las Vegas gaming, or is it all pretty much the similar mindset and the same goal? Well, the industry is the same. Okay, uh, yeah, again, right. it's hospitality based. Mm -hmm. You know, certainly if we're dealing cards or we're operating slot machines or we're running a restaurant or putting a performer in a showroom, all those dimensions, whether it's Native American owned and operated or whether it is commercially owned and operated, the fundamentals of the business are the same. Mm -hmm. I think what is different, if I had to cite a key difference, yeah. it is a commercially owned business sometimes by necessity yeah. takes a short-term view yeah. of what takes place. I like you that. Got, you got to talk to Wall Street yeah. once a quarter, got to let them know that you're on a glide path and you're on a, a trend line yeah. and uh, hopefully that trend line is always facing up. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's down, you've got to explain it and defend it and, and navigate your way through it and out of it. With a Native American tribe, some of this is cultural mm -hmm. in nature. Yes. It's that it is a much longer view of the timeline. It yeah. is generational in nature. What I find is that many tribes that I've worked with take a view that what they do today is really meant for the next and the next yeah. generations of their people because they're trying to build opportunities for livelihood, opportunities for support, yeah. economic opportunities that will last a long time and change the dimensions of what sometimes is poverty yeah. for many people and give them an avenue toward success in terms of putting a roof over their head, mm -hmm. getting the car note paid, uh, taking care of business and putting food on the table over a long stretch of time. So my, my experience has been that in Native American owned and mm -hmm. operated casinos, there is a much different view of time okay. in terms of how they see the business. Yeah, I like that. And the reason I ask is because I'm from California, so over there we have a lot of tribal casinos. And when I come over here, I notice pretty much everything's the same for the most part. The mindset, even I've talked to the people downtown and I'm like, hey, are there any major, and they're like the same set. Hey, the mindset, the goal's the same, you know, hospitality is the biggest factor. How are you going to get them people to come back and remember your name? One. So, yes, that's why I definitely wanted to ask that one. 
Can you tell us some of the major challenges you've had to deal with in the industry and how you've overcome some of those? Well, certainly in this day and age, mm -hmm. right here yeah, and right. now, yeah. we are still in the middle of the COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm. So when you think about challenges, uh, I, I could go back in time and say, oh, riverboats, occasionally the Mississippi River floods and, yeah. and the boat is not really meant to deal with floods. Certainly the parking lot is not meant to deal with floodwaters. Okay. That is child's play when you compare and contrast that to the environment that we all live and work in today. Yeah. We work that in just a brief period of time ago, most of our industry was closed. Yeah. Uh, we were caught in a shutdown mode, trying to get people back to work mm -hmm. so that they would have a livelihood and a future that they could count on. And now struggling to find our way through it mm -hmm. to get back to the other side that we know is out there and that is the growth and the upside yeah. of a healthy Las Vegas and a healthy industry nationwide uh, as far as gaming is concerned. So uh, I guess I could live for another hundred years inside the <laughs> industry and someone will ask me what's been hard, what's been yeah. uh, a lesson learned, what's been meaningful. Uh, certainly COVID, yeah. it, top three, if not, if not top one. Yeah. Now, now, I would also compare and contrast that to if you back up to 911. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, 100%. Yeah, yeah, 20 years ago. Right. Uh, you know, air traffic stopped, travel came to a grinding halt. The economy, of course, changed mm -hmm. uh, pursuant to all that. But lessons learned then apply to circumstances like we experience now. Yeah. If you remember the takeaways from that, it was how to keep the business in a sensible place that allowed it to survive yeah. through tough times so that you could come out on the other side mm -hmm. and take advantage of what will inevitably inevitably be a growth spurt because there'll be some pent up demand, there will be people desirous of yeah. returning to leisure activities, certainly gaming activities as an escape and a getaway and, and a leisure pursuit. You have to survive the tough times to get to that good side that comes thereafter. And that's like what it. we're focused on today. I like it. What would be some of the highlights moments for you working in the industry? Some of your favorite moments where you know it was you know running into a certain celebrity or just maybe even a moment where, all right, I can do this, I got this, I feel comfortable about what I'm doing going forward. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one story that stands out in my mind. Uh, you were asking me before, had I done a podcast recently yeah, yeah. or had I done whatever recently? Mm -hmm. So media related, um, long time ago, I was on a television show called American Casino. Oh, let's get it, aired, it aired on the Discovery Network for yeah. three seasons and then it morphed to the Travel Network and Travel Channel. Mm -hmm. I was in New York with Reggie Jackson eating lunch. Nice. It didn't have much to do with the show yeah. other than the show is what brought us together. Okay, okay. I was having lunch. Uh, don't remember exactly where I was, mm -hmm. but while eating lunch, grabbing a bite of a burger, two guys came up to me and said, aren't you the guy from American <laughs> Casino? And I said, yes, I am. Good to meet you. I'm Joe. Meanwhile, sitting, at, sitting across from me at the same distance that we are right now was Mr. October, Reggie Jackson in New York City. And I'm thinking to myself, how is it that they recognize yeah. me 
but they don't recognize Reggie Jackson. <laughs> How's that even possible? So that, that's just a moment that's frozen in my mind that it's, it's actually not the power of our industry, but the power of television. Yes. And, yes. Um, and I could tell a story or two like that um, uh, from that, that show's uh, run in 2004, five, six was mm -hmm. its heyday. Um, had a couple of those and they're, they're just frozen moments in yeah. time. When I think about the industry itself, I do think about when I suggested to a former general manager and mentor, mm -hmm. love running your scoreboard, yeah. would love to play yeah. on the field of play. Mm -hmm. Let me pitch or let me play shortstop was my discussion with him. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know where you need me and I don't know where you think you can put me elsewhere on the field, but just keep it in mind. It didn't take him long before he said, can you run the hotel for me? Um, when I think about first general manager opportunity, yeah. came in Tunica, Mississippi, okay. uh, on a riverboat. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was managing two of them at the time. It was, uh, it was four Harrah's in Tunica. Okay. And we managed two riverboats at that time. Uh, and uh, you get your feet wet as yes. a general manager yes. by stepping into that kind of opportunity. And, and uh, many of the lessons learned Good lessons and bad lessons come from those opportunities. So certainly that's a frozen moment in time. I also think about opportunities that I've had in, I'll call it iconic places. Yeah. Lake Tahoe, okay. New Orleans. Mm -hmm. uh, first opportunities in Las Vegas. Um, and all of them have special yeah. meaning to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and could I point at something specific that said, there's the moment in time? No, they, they all have, they all live in my mind as wonderful opportunities yeah. that gave me a chance to work with people, all of whom were terrific people, to fashion those businesses to what they are today. I love it, I love it. So based on the location and since the opening, What's, what's been optimal, location guest versus, or local guest versus traveling guest? Now I know things just opened up, but are you seeing more of the California people? And what does that percentage look like? Well, th this business at this location, Virgin Hotels mm -hmm. Las Vegas, certainly at the intersection of Harmon and Paradise, we're not on the strip. Right. We're mighty close to the airport and we're mighty close to the strip as well, right. but we're not on the strip. This is a business that is meant for destination travelers. Mm -hmm. It has a sufficiently sized hotel that it can fill up the casino and the restaurants when the hotel is uh, filled with uh, guests that find their way here for lodging. There are locals here as well, yeah. but this is not as much of a local's place as it once was okay. way back in the Hard Rock days. Okay. If you back up to 1995, some of the terrific locals places in Las Vegas mm -hmm. didn't exist yet. Yeah. Uh, today, there are plenty of them. I, as a matter of fact, I've managed many of them. Okay, okay. And uh, when I think today of Virgin Hotels and Mohegan Sun Casino Las Vegas, I think in terms of destination Las Vegas. Yeah. Someone that knows of the storied past of this business okay. and wants to see the newly reinvented and reimagined version of this business. They'll find things here that they remember. It, yes. it will be familiar. Mm -hmm. The footprint hasn't changed. Right. The look and the feel and the decor has changed, yeah. but there will be familiarity when someone walks in and says, I remember this 
here. Right. It used to be such and such a thing, and it hasn't changed uh, uh, so much so other than perhaps colorways, design intent, and the name. Okay. Now, I want to commend you. So, the backstory of this all setting up and happening is we got an email from your team around the opening era of, of this casino, and I thought that was so cool, but I was already here, so I missed the email. And so when I went back and I was like, you know what, yeah, I want to come down and talk to them. So how have things been since the opening, you know, dealing with COVID and, you know, but I do, I want to commend you real quick because coming to this casino opening was one of the first experiences where I got to see all the bells and whistles, the opening ceremonies, the performers on the casino floor. Like I had never witnessed that. So I thought that was really cool. Well, we, we had a great opportunity uh, really at the height of the COVID pandemic mm -hmm. yeah. uh, coming, coming out as businesses were reopening. We had a great opportunity to first look at those other um, legacy businesses mm -hmm. that had reopened in, in Las Vegas. And then we said, okay, what do we do to make our business safe? What do we do to make it attractive? What do we do to make it appealing? And you saw what we did at, at the grand opening. And that, that included a number of uh, environmental and entertainers and performers. It included um, some events that took place outside mm -hmm. the uh, opening, the grand right. opening and the ribbon cutting. Uh, there was a secondary one on the event lawn uh, outside at, uh, adjacent to the pool area. And then, of course, we were ready to both deal cards and operate slot machines. At that time, every slot machine in this resort was separated with uh, appropriate plexiglass or Lexan. Right. In order to provide that physical separation, mm -hmm. we had done the same thing on some table games, but not all. There were, there were a couple of options in terms of how you could keep people separated okay. appropriately from yeah. a safety point of view. So some games we had plexiglass and some we didn't. We okay. gave people choice. When I think back to that, and then I fast forward, an awful lot of newer things have opened since opening day. Okay. We've added restaurants yep. at the resort. Cassie Beach Club did not exist on opening day. Mm -hmm. uh, Todd English's Olives did not exist on opening day. They've been added since then. Um, uh, the spa came up to full speed with all its water features and all its pampering, pampering comforts uh, now installed. Uh, the pool was not ready on opening day, yeah. nor was the day club. Uh, they are in full swing now. They're actually out of season right now, but we had a very nice summer season with okay. both the pool and the day club. Uh, the showrooms were dark by design yeah. because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Now, combination of the theater, 24 Oxford, and the event lawn all in production. Nice. Uh, so plenty of acts, a uh, couple of that are terrific coming up uh, later in November and December. We've got multiple dates for Journey. We've got Little Big Town. Nice. Uh, we've got Lizzo on New Year's Eve. Yes. There's, there's any number of entertainment opportunities at this resort. Money Baby has emerged yeah. as a newly opened venue uh, since the day that we first opened the doors to debut the resort. So there's been plenty of yet again new yeah. since that opening day. So you saw something mm -hmm. that you found fun and exciting right. and entertaining, and all that has happened since then is more and yeah. more and more yeah. and more. So that's one thing I wanted to chat about with you. Okay, so say I only had time for one meal and I was on my way out heading home. 
Where are you sending me and what meal am I having? Well, I would tell you that if you want the best that we have to offer, the first thing I would recommend to you is the uh, place that we call the family room. That's the team member dining room. We serve okay. some mighty good food there. Okay. Now, that's not available to you, so now, uh, okay. now you're going to make me make a tough choice. <laughs> the tough choice becomes what kind of food do you like? Yeah. Because we have a little bit of everything here. Yeah. One of my favorites yes. at this resort is actually pizza forte. Okay. It, it is. Okay. It, it's it's Ferraro's is right across the street. They sit on the opposite street corner yes. with their full-on Italian restaurant, but their pizza by the slice option is here at Virgin Hotels. Okay. Now, if you want a sit-down meal, uh, you can't go wrong with Night and Market fabulous Thai food. Okay. You can't go wrong with Cassie Beach. Um, it, it is, uh, it's an eclectic menu that has a little bit of a, I'll call it a Mediterranean tilt to it, uh, but, but you'll find a little bit of everything on the menu and there will certainly be something pleasing. Uh, one steakhouse, uh, you know, classic steakhouse, uh, mouth-watering beef, yeah. uh, seafood, and certainly Todd English's olives is iconic okay. from the strip to Virgin Hotels. Certainly don't want to miss an opportunity to dine at Nobu. Yes. Nobu certainly is memorable. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and so there's something for everyone here in terms of grabbing a good bite to eat. I would be hard pressed to tell you which one is yeah. best other than I would tell you the family room or the team member dining okay. room is terrific. Okay, and I love this Joe because you've literally answered like four of my next questions with just answering some of the things you've said already, you know? So I'm excited to jump to the next one. What? What are your favorite things about working in uh, such a people-driven industry? Well, the, the, you have to love people. Yeah, right? if, you, right. if you love people, this industry is certainly for you. But the other thing to keep in mind is that this industry is actually layered many industries. Okay. If you want to focus on any given day mm -hmm. on a different topic, yeah. you can't have a career that's long enough to cover them all. Yeah. Today, okay. I could be focused on blackjack. Yes. Tomorrow, I could be focused on video poker. Okay. The day after that, I could be focused on ground transportation. A week after that, I could be talking about how do we get a jet to fly <laughs> from point A to point B. Yeah. You want to talk about lodging. Lodging can be a super suite, or it can be a standard room, or anything in between. Yeah. If you want to talk about the logistics of a business, uh, just think in terms of we need a little bit of everything to make this business work. Yes. We need ice perpetually to make good drinks. We need everything from bathroom supplies to pens and pencils to playing cards to the chips you see on the games to the newest slot machines and all their video wizardry. All of that is a layer of yeah. this business. Somehow it all stacks up to fun, excitement, hospitality. And again, in a career's worth of time, there is not enough time to become an expert on them all. I always hope that any meeting that I'm in, that I never conclude that I'm the smartest person in the meeting, yeah. because if that day comes, something's wrong. Yes. Everyone else in this business should be far more adept, insightful, and knowledgeable about their segment of the business than I could ever be. They make me the general manager yeah. because I'm good at general things. <laughs> uh, all that means is I can pull those pieces 
whether they be disparate pieces or mm -hmm. whether they be integrated pieces. I can pull them together, yeah. but I can't run them all. Yeah. Um, there, there's a couple of jobs in the building that I'm very capable of doing mm -hmm. uh, from experience, yeah. but I can't do them better than the people that do them day in and day out. And that's why I know that anytime I'm asking a hard question or yeah. even an easy question, the experts are always all the other people in the room, yeah. never me. I love that. And, and so let's jump into a little bit about what you did opening, bringing in some of the, at the time, Hard Rock employees back. You brought in 90% of the employees. Can you explain and elaborate how much easier that made that this opening and operations easier for you? Well, certainly it made it, it, it it's a dream come true mm -hmm. for the general manager to have a veteran talented workforce to open up a reinvented, reimagined business. But also, I will tell you, it is a blessing and it touched my heart yeah. because we were in the middle of a very broken economy at that mm -hmm. time because most of the industry had been shut down for a substantial period of time. The ability to put people back to work, I understand that people have to live their lives. Yeah. They need to be able to pay the rent, mm -hmm. get that car note squared away, get some food on the table, take care of the kids and the clothing and school and what have you. The ability to say to someone, I have a job for you, and more importantly, I have a career opportunity yes. for you, is warming yes. to me. Yes. It, it, it touches not just my head, but my heart. Mm -hmm. And so much so in a difficult time like that, that if I told you that a tear or two didn't come to my eye, I'd, I'd be lying. Yeah. A tear yeah. or two did come to yeah. my eye because I knew how important it was to get people back to work. Yes. Now, even today, we're still in the middle mm -hmm. of a bit of a mess. Right. And Vegas hasn't yet recovered. On the gaming side, the gaming numbers in Vegas are terrific. Mm -hmm. There's still plenty of opportunity to get back to the past and then surpass it yeah. on the lodging side, mm -hmm. on the food and beverage side, on many of the other dimensions of the business besides the gambling aspect. That's what I look forward to because it's what puts even more people in a more comfortable yes. position career-wise, job-wise, earnings-wise, and taking care of business-wise. And so not only did you bring back your now employees, but can you talk about what you offered the guests, the Hard Rock clientele at the oh, time sure. and how you were sure. going to invite them back? Yeah, so for the Hard Rock guests, the, the, the database here and the history of this legacy resort was very rich and very deep. Mm -hmm. We said to those guests, whatever it is that you had with the Hard Rock Las Vegas, Firstly, we will match that, nice. and we will do more, yeah. uh, because what we bring is the power of the Mohegan brand. So when you think about the 25-year history of Mohegan as a preeminent operator of casinos, largely on the East Coast, yeah. uh, you know, Connecticut is their mm -hmm. flagship. Uh, they operate a casino in uh, Pennsylvania, Pocono, uh, Mohegan Sun Pocono. Uh, they manage and operate Resorts Atlantic City, right. the grand dam of all casinos in Atlantic City, the first one and the oldest yeah. one. Um, above and beyond that, a couple of resorts in the Niagara Falls area of Canada. Okay. And then one is managed on behalf of another Native American tribe in Washington State, it's called ALNA. When you take the sum total of all those other locations, yeah. and you're able to say to 
a hard rock Las Vegas legacy guest. Not only do we have what's here for you in Las Vegas, if your travels, yeah. if your leisure, if your opportunity takes you to Connecticut, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, uh, the Niagara Falls region of Canada, right. to Washington State, we can hook you up there as well. And we would hope that our colleagues in those locations would send guests here as well. We know that that is part of the reason we're here, to bring the Mohegan brand to Nevada and specifically to the Las Vegas Resort Corridor and to give those primarily East Coast-based guests yeah. a place where their value, their rewards, the, Mohe the momentum program for Mohegan is the loyalty program. Mm -hmm. They're able to take those momentum rewards and bring them to Las Vegas, yeah. where they spend very nicely here mm -hmm. at Mohegan Sun Casino, Las Vegas, and Virgin Hotels. Now, when I'm, I'm, we're noticing more casinos bringing in, you know, managerial services, different groups to help out in the, you know, different aspects and phases of the properties. Are those transitions pretty easy for the most part? Have you ever, now this one you're fortunate enough to open, but have you had to go in and essentially take over on certain, in certain places? Well, m many times in my career, okay. I've, I've been the next general manager, yeah. uh, either replacing someone who had a bigger and better opportunity, okay. or stepping into, uh, I'll, I'll describe it as the line of fire, to right. try to correct, adjust, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, take on a different direction, yeah. something that pre-existed. Um, in our industry, the ability to manage the pre-opening dimensions, take a business from dust and construction and reinvention and reimagination, or from dirt, it didn't exist at yeah. all and you're going to yeah, build yeah. it from scratch. The ability to take a business from that phase to a grand opening and then to do the hard work. The hard work is operated yeah. continuously. It's, it's, a, it's an opportunity that I've had repeatedly in my career, and I'm, I'm fortunate when I bump into colleagues that work with me and for me yeah. who are equally adept at any of those phases. They can help to build it, get it to opening day, and then run it. Yeah. And I describe that as a, it's a bad parallel, but I like the parallel. It's the equivalent of training a racehorse. Okay. The racehorse, when training, runs initially at its speed, yeah. um, learns to follow a circular track, um, understands the jockey's commands mm -hmm. and prompts, but then when race day comes, yeah. and that's the equivalent of opening day after yeah. training, when race day comes, the horse is in a stall the bell rings, the gate flies open, and the horse needs to run at full speed. Right. And that's what pre-opening versus opening day versus operate a casino resort is like. Nice. It is the equivalent of the bell rings, the gate flies open, run, that, run yeah. that horse at full speed. Yeah, that's a great analogy. That's great, no, I like that. So you, you mentioned a lot of upcoming acts and performers coming here to Virgin. and. One thing I wanted to sh focus on is not very many people may not know, but a lot of the regulars know that this property has no resort fee. And that's, you know, isn't that one of the biggest outstanding versus some of the other properties that you get to use? So when you get strip players and uh, people who like to stay and only play on the strip, 
What does that conversation look like to get them here? Well, well, certainly it's a certainly it's a pitch from the hotel to yeah. convey what I would call the fairness of the deal mm -hmm. and the simplicity of the deal. Yeah. There's not a hidden price right. to the hotel room. The price that we advertise on behalf of Virgin Hotels is the price. Yes. There is no added resort fee that comes on top of that. Um, some businesses have stuck to that kind of pricing strategy or tactic. Uh, some have tried yeah. and failed mm -hmm. and, and reverted to <laughs> resort fees. For now, uh, Virgin Hotels views it as no nonsense, Good. no bait and switch. Here is the price. There is no added fee on top of that. I love it. I love it. When entities are brought in to help, do you feel it's better so every department can focus on their department versus, you know, one conglomerate trying to run everything? Like we talked about earlier, things getting overlooked and overseen. Do you feel like it's better to have it this way? Well, this is an integrated resort. Yeah. And when you think about Virgin Hotels, part of the Hilton Curio Collection. Yeah, right. So you have Virgin Hotels and Hilton standing behind them, largely with their booking engine and their massive database of guests. Okay. You have Mohegan Sun managing the casino, operating the casino day to day. You have AEG Presents operating the theater. Uh, JC Hospitality, the landlord and land owner here of this particular real estate, yeah. operates 24 Oxford and uh, apart from that, the event lawn. The restaurants are largely independent operators, a uh, combination of uh, Nobu, uh, Olives, mm -hmm. One Steakhouse, uh, and I can keep on going. Uh, right. Actually, the only restaurants that are uh, fully owned and operated by the resort itself. It's it's the coffee shop, which is known as the Kitchen and Commons Club. Okay. Uh, but when you take all those disparate operators, the objective is seamless guest experience. Yeah. The, the guest doesn't need to know who yes. owns what, who manages what. The guest just wants to know that their time is being well taken care of. Yes. And. So far, first seven months or so that this resort has been open, mm -hmm. uh, I feel as if that is working quite nicely for what is still a new resort, yeah. still being experienced for the first time yet again by guests who may have known the Hard Rock in its previous mm -hmm. days, or guests who are intrigued or familiar with the Virgin Hotels brand, and they find their way here to experience it. They're gonna find a good meal. Yeah. They're gonna find talented performers mm -hmm. in the showroom. They're going to find hospitality in every nook and cranny of the business. They're going to find a casino that has loose blackjack rules and fabulous paying slot machines. They'll find all the things that they are familiar with in other resorts. In this case, it is just a group of talented operators blending together to try to make it seamless. Nice, nice. And when, like you said, it seems like if there's no issues and everything's moving smoothly, you know, it, it works. And so it seems like a lot more places are doing it. So yeah, I definitely wanted to ask that one. With the borders opening up recently and people being able to come back in and flood in, you know, the Brits are coming. Are, are, are you excited for, you know, that they're gonna get to come to see essentially the opening again you know it's their first time they haven't been here so it's like a first time all over again well i'm certainly ecstatic that international travel is yeah. finding its way back to las vegas 
the um, this market is at its healthiest yeah. when travel is unencumbered right. and when it's easy. Mm -hmm. So when I think about how does Vegas find its way fully back to what I'll call now the good old days of yeah. 2019. Yeah. I make it sound like it's ancient <laughs> so history. Ago, it's <laughs> only only a short time ago. But to find their way back to 2019 and then to grow again from there and more supply has found mm -hmm. its way into the market as well. Yeah. Circa, mm -hmm. Resorts World. Uh, to fill that up and more and to take it to new heights, of course, international travel is a component of that. Tourism is an essential component of that, even if it's domestic tourism. Yeah. And then above and beyond that, convention and trade business. Mm -hmm. um, I can remember the days where a former president said something to the effect of, don't blow your money in Vegas. Well, that, that of course, was a blow to <laughs> Vegas, but, but Vegas found its way past that right. and, and found its way to new heights. The same, the same pattern will hold true yet again. Vegas will find its way back to 2019 and well beyond yeah. as all the clouds of COVID clear. Right, right. Yeah, so that's kind of make it refreshing, more exciting. You know, every day is brand new and just to see those faces and reactions. So that's got to be exciting. I definitely wanted to ask that one. So plans involving getting folks to visit more frequently. What are some of the measures you guys are taking to keep them here versus, you know, taking off and venturing out to newer properties? Well, well, certainly when it comes to how do we attract a guest, mm -hmm. how do we retain a guest? Momentum rewards is a large part of our plan of attack, so to speak, yeah. our strategy and our tactics. We know that the rewards that we offer are not only competitive, but better than most. I like it. We also know that no matter how good your rewards are, you have to have a comfortable accommodating hotel. You've got to have good, consistent restaurants, uh, a good lineup of diverse entertainers that have a, a appeal across many genres yes. and many, many age groups, many, many musical tastes or entertainment tastes. You've also got to have through and through the ability to truly extend hospitality. I mentioned before, yeah. taking good care of people's time. Mm -hmm. Lots of gamblers have plenty of money. Right but they don't have time. Yes. That they, they don't have enough time to waste. That's the best way for me to put it. Yeah. Uh, so taking good care of their time is an important ingredient for success. Okay. So now I want to jump in a little more about you and find out, you know, what, what do you like to do on your free times? When you're not having to work, what are some of your go-to places to visit in town? Whether it be restaurants, some of your hobbies you like to do on your time off. Well, um, Firstly, living in Las Vegas for as many years as I've been in Las Vegas, uh, you, you know that in a lifetime you can't cover all the restaurants. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not spoiled. possible. Yeah. It, it's not possible. <laughs> but um, there's, a, there's a couple of restaurants that I enjoy. Um, if you're a Thai food fan, I like Archie's. Okay. Uh, lots, okay. lots of locals like Archie's. Okay. It, it's fairly priced. Yeah. It's very consistent. It's uh, what I call good rib-sticking food. It, you, you don't leave Archie's hungry, that, that's for sure. Um, when I think about entertainment, mm -hmm. I just went to see the Rolling Stones, and, oh, quite, yeah. and quite frankly, the Rolling Stones in the year 2021, to me, are the Rolling Stones from 1964. <laughs> um, they're fabulous. Yeah. They are fabulous. And 
Vegas is the kind of place, again, whether it's food or beverage or entertainment, you can't exhaust it. Yeah. You will never run out of things to do. But what I really like most about living and working in Vegas mm -hmm. is that friends and family from all over yes. the country will find their way to Vegas because it's easy to travel to mm -hmm. in most times. It's yeah. easy to travel to. It's relatively inexpensive to travel. I always remind people that um, I've got enough room in my home that they're always welcome. Maybe I have to work every day that week, but I'm certainly gonna stop and grab a meal with them. Yeah. And there's always an extra car in my garage. Nice. So they don't need to rent a car either. Right. I, I, I'm happy to just give them the, the extra car that's sitting in the garage. I don't even know why I have it any longer. But that's the nice thing about living in Vegas. Mm -hmm. it, 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 is a, it is a fun destination right. for people to come to. I'm also close enough to my adult children yes. that they find their way back to see mom and dad in Las Vegas all the time. Okay. That's always exciting. Um, other things that I like to do, um, I'm a bad golfer just like everyone's a bad <laughs> golfer. Um, I, I don't golf enough to make myself to, to improve my game, but, uh, but I don't mind getting out and hitting yeah. ball from time to time okay. and laughing at, uh, laughing at the ones where I score a 12, but then relishing the ones where, where somehow I put a birdie on the scorecard. <laughs> so being like we just talked about, this is a vacation destination. Where do you like to vacation? being that you're in Vegas. Where's your go-to to get away? Well, there's a couple things that I enjoy doing when it comes to travel. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, um, I love going to my kids' homes, again, my adult children. Okay. So whether I'm in Austin, Texas, whether I'm in the San Francisco area, whether I'm in the LA area, whether I'm in New York City, uh, my kids live in those nice. disparate areas and, and it's always nice to visit them. My hometown mm -hmm. is Atlantic City, New Jersey. Yeah. I like to get back there once in a while on a good summer day, find my way to the beach there. Yeah. Um, it, it, just, uh, it just conjures up fabulous memories. I still have friends and family that right. live in that part of the country. Um, and whenever, if all of my kids are together, we try to find a way to find a good miniature golf course yeah. because in my capacity as dad, I am still undefeated <laughs> against my children. Always so, will be? Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. They, my son almost took me down in the last outing, but he sort of collapsed on the last couple of holes and I got him. So That's great. So what would you say, now obviously you talked about the pizza here. What are some of your pizza go-tos in Las Vegas? Because this is, like we said, a lot of the people who listen to the show, they listen to the interviews, and that's why I, ask, I like asking questions like this, because they'll pick up on different places around to go check out on their next trip. What are some of your favorite pizza spots? Well, there's, I, I mentioned the one that is top of mind, of course, that's Pizza Forte here, right. here at uh, Virgin Hotels. I love the Italian food right across the street. Yeah. Uh, they sit on the opposite corner of us. That's uh, Ferrara's restaurant, and it's super terrific. I love it. Um, after that, I have to throw you a little bit of a curveball here. Okay. If I had a nickel for every pizza I had ever made during my formative years, I worked in a sandwich okay. shop, a sub okay. shop, a pizza joint. Uh, I, I can throw a pizza with either hand. Um, oh, okay. And if I had a nickel for every one that I ever made, I would not need to work any longer. I would have retired, you know, uh, 30 years ago. But when I'm at home, uh, I will take 
a frozen pizza and doctor it up from there. Okay. I usually okay. I usually add fresh vegetables. I might add a protein to it. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes I'll go for a cauliflower cr crust. Okay. You know, frozen, but but I'm kind of fixing it up to my liking yeah. when I'm at home, okay. and that's that's my next best choice. I like it. I like it. So, if you can go back 40 years when you started in the industry, what advice would you give yourself? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think the advice that is most fitting mm -hmm. is walk in the guest's shoes. I love it. Experience the business the way the guest experiences mm -hmm. it. Uh, I'll tell you an old war story. Yeah. Um, back in my cashiering and accounting days, somehow in my accounting days, I owned the task of keeping an eye on the ATMs. Back, okay. in, back in the days where not everybody knew what an ATM was. <laughs> and I remember one evening leaving work and I looked at the ATMs, they were functioning fine and dandy. And then I did what I often do when I would go home. I would stop at one or two of my competitors just to make sure that I understood what was going on inside their stores. And I noticed that both of those competitors that their ATMs were out of money. Oh. And I laughed. I okay. said, you know, it's, it's late on a Saturday night. No one important enough knows that their ATMs are out of money. And there's no greater sin in a casino than running out of money. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's the lubrication that makes the whole business work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the engine seizes up otherwise. <laughs> and another night, do the same thing. Saturday night, their ATMs are out of money. Wow. And I laugh. Wow. And then the light bulb turned on in my head. I always make the trip the same way. I look at my ATMs before I leave my business, and they're fine and dandy. Yeah. Then I drive 15 minutes, look at a competitor. Then I drive 10 minutes, look at a competitor. They're always out of money. And then the light bulb turned on. What happens if I make the trip in the opposite direction? If I go first to look at theirs, and then later come back to look at mine? What did I learn? My ATMs were out of money. Yeah. The yeah. problem was I never knew it because I had not put a process in place to alert me to it. That's a takeaway lesson. The inability to have what I would call a listening post mm -hmm. or an early warning intervention. And uh, I can tell you that it never happened again. And while the use of ATMs was growing and you know, still to this day I'm sure it grows, but yeah. um, once we figured out how to never run out of cash in an ATM, we vended more money than I could count. Um, and it was simply because they worked 24-7, 365, no interruption on a Saturday night, waiting for an armored truck to show up on possibly Monday morning to reload them. Uh, so um, I, I take that as a lesson well learned. Yeah. A long time ago in my career, I was given an award for that, mm -hmm. for figuring that one out. I should have been fired. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was given an award for solving that problem, but it was a problem of my own making for yeah. not having right. had an early detection system in place. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the difference, you know, you know squeezing my fingers together yeah. to indicate degree of difference, the difference between being team member of the month and being dismissed for not paying attention to important things is only a matter of this degree. Yeah. I was doing the right thing, but always doing it on the same timeline repeatedly in a pattern 
that made sense to me at the time until I flipped it around and then said, holy crap, yeah. I'm out of money. Yeah. How'd that happen? You know, so. Okay, okay, I like it. So is there any part, whether it be restaurants, the shows, anything that's performed better than anticipated in the, in the actual property? Well, I, I would tell you that the performance of the resort is yeah. terrific. Nice. Considering, nice, considering we're in the middle still yeah. of a pandemic. Right. You and I are wearing masks, mm -hmm. talking to one another, right. as are all my staff, all our guests, and there are still some travel restrictions that exist yeah. in different parts of the world. You know, the, tr domestic travel is pretty much wide open now, but um, but there there are some supply chain challenges. You know, with certain airlines, they're mm -hmm. not flying as many flights. Uh, there's delays. There, you know, some degree of uh, reliability, some degree of, of uh, unreliability. When all of that cloudy sky clears. Yeah. and sun, the sun comes out again and shines on the industry, everything will work to yet again a new level of heightened success. I love it. If you were to give advice to a first timer visiting Vegas, especially for a show or something to do in Vegas, what would you recommend they do on their trip? Well, certainly they should look at all the entertainment that's available in yeah. the marketplace. If there's something that genuinely appeals to them, make plans in advance. Mm -hmm. The same is true for restaurants. Yes. Um, that if you want to dine in a restaurant that somehow attracts your fancy, make a reservation yes. so that you don't find yourself haphazardly shut out. You can't get in at the time you want or the day you want. Make some plans in advance. Vegas is meant to be to some degree haphazard and carefree, mm -hmm. but a little bit of advanced planning makes it all the more terrific. Don't don't forget to take a look at Red Rock Canyon. Don't forget to yeah, take right. a look at the Hoover Dam. Yeah. You know, there's there's plenty of interesting things to do and to see here. Um, but make some plans. Uh, you know, you don't have to be too rigid in terms right. of the planning, but make a reservation or two so that you have some show tickets. You have at least one good restaurant reservation. Mm -hmm. You know, in your hip pocket, so to speak. That's the best way to take advantage of Las Vegas. Okay. One of my last ones for you. This place was known for very good poker, video poker. And that was a social media one I got. Is the video poker here still going to be lucrative enough to get them back here? So we offer video poker, yeah. and we offer much of what was here before. I'll tell you what we don't offer. Okay. And this is what some of the social media critique is. Yeah. Uh, deservedly so. Mm -hmm. In the former resorts configuration, mm -hmm. there were two very large bars adorned oh, okay. with bar top video poker. Yeah. Those bars don't exist any longer. Uh, they okay. became part of the hotel, mm -hmm. not part of the casino. Okay. So to the extent that we still deal bar top video poker, mm -hmm. uh, those games are largely filled up routinely, but there's only a handful of them now based on the balance of the design of, of the resort. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. do we deal video poker? We sure do. Um, are there jackpots sitting out there where you could chunk a few dollars into a game and walk home with $400,000? Yeah, we have that. Okay, I love um, it. So, my, my, point to, my point to the constructive critics is come and get it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's here. Joe, so if there was one thing, you know, you would like to tell guests that are maybe interested in coming out 
you know, to Virgin and checking it all out, maybe even coming out and saying hi to you after listening to this, what would you let folks know about coming out and checking out this spot? Well, this is a 24-7, 365 business. But again, I'll go back to what I said a few moments ago. Make some plans in advance. Mm -hmm. You know, look for a show that appeals. Yep. Uh, make a restaurant reservation. Put a little bit of structure to your travel plans. Yeah. That's the best way, and it counts here as well. Make a reservation at Olive's. Make a reservation at One Steakhouse. Uh, look at the showroom lineup. Uh, Daughtry, uh, Little Big Town, Journey, Thanks. Lizzo. Uh, I can keep on going. Yeah, there, there's an endless, uh, there's an endless number of performers. Uh, Co Wetzel. Uh, I can ju <laughs> just keep on going all night long. But take a look at the calendar. Add just a little bit of structure to what you're doing. That's the way to optimize your trip, both to Vegas and specifically to Virgin Hotels or Mohegan Sun Casino, Las Vegas. Joe, I want to thank you seriously for your time. Thank it's you my pleasure. for doing this. This was awesome. This was better than I could imagine. And I'm glad we got to know more about you, how you operate, how things are going. And again, for people who are interested in, you know, anything about this property, I hope I covered it to an extent to where they got their questions answered. Much so, appreciated. And thank you again for doing this. This is a highlight of the trip. I look I was looking forward to doing this. I thank you for spending some time with me, brother. Happy to be with you. Happy to have a chance to talk with you. How awesome was that? Such a pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much. That was very cool. And again, I look forward to chatting with more people like this in Vegas and talking to more casino personnel. I recently connected with the Strats marketing director, so I may be in touch with her in the future. But I said it in the beginning, folks. It's a pleasure to be able to do this stuff. This is awesome. Again, I gotta give a big shout out to all of our Patreon members on our shout out tier. Eric Rosenthal, David Sowell, Taylor Jew, Neil Macedo, Rodney Kelly, Michael Traeger, Scott Jarvis, Travis Atherton, Gary De La Rosa, and Scott and Lisa Wingfield. Thank you folks, you folks are awesome. And if you folks would like to help a small creator, definitely check out our Patreon or do something as little as share a review on our iTunes or let your friend know about the podcast. It always helps. You can even follow us on social media. Definitely engage with us on there. We look forward to hearing from you. And definitely let me know your guys' feedback of this interview on social media. Share it. Let your friends know about it. Again, I'm looking forward to doing more of these. These are freaking awesome. I got two more interviews set up in December, plus ZorkFest. So much is going on. Well, until the next episode, folks, stay safe, good luck, and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers. Cheers.